every once in a while, every once in a great while, I will allow myself to get a little bit optimistic, just a little bit, about this offense. And then I remember that Matt Canada is still here. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. I had hoped that Canada would check out, and forcibly so, after the 2021 season. I saw next to nothing that I liked from him, at least as much as it's reasonable to discern from trying to figure out how much of anything is on the coordinator. But as I'll often counter when someone says, oh, it's just the players, it's always the players, always the players, then okay, why do they have coordinators, you know, <laughs> like to open and close the doors, to clean up the locker room, to vacuum when the game is over? They're there for a reason. They matter a lot. In the world's most scripted sport, you'd better believe they can make a big difference in one direction or the other. And what I saw from Canada in 2021 was a coordinator who started out trying to run his offense and all of his little misdirections and everything else that didn't really seem to phase NFL defenses the way they would college kids. I saw him unable to make an impact with the offensive line that he had. And once more, it's difficult to say which one is which and how much of that goes to Adrian Clem, how much of that goes to Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin for not having even gotten the many offensive linemen. But the coordinator does work in concert with the O-line, especially when you're talking about misdirections and a lot of movement. And oh, by the way, drafting a running back in the first round. You knew this was going to be a big deal. Never materialized. The running game never materialized. There weren't any deep throws, and here again, it's easy to blame somebody else. Ben Roethlisberger didn't want to throw deep. Okay, then somebody explained what happened in Minneapolis when Ben did throw deep, and to great effect. That wasn't the only game that he did it in. Was he overruling the coordinator? Was he calling his own plays? Uh, X's and O's drawn up in the playground sand? We'll never know. We'll never know. The only thing that we do know is that the results were lousy and that there was a visible lack of imagination. And if it was visible, as I believe it was, to me and maybe to you, imagine how visible that was to the people on the other side of the football and the men coaching them. He was a terrible coordinator who replaced a terrible coordinator and got equally terrible results despite arguably having had somewhat better weaponry, at least in terms of having that first-round pick. Najee Harris makes it to the Pro Bowl. Great. Great for Najee. He fought through not only all that non-existent blocking, 
but also the non-existent coordinator. Otherwise, pretty much a catastrophe from front to finish. And that, that gets brought back for another year. Why? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. But he did get brought back. He's back. And now he's going to be completely out of excuses. I mean, 100%. Let's say Mitch Trubisky were to go down. Okay, Mason Rudolph, who at least some people in management somewhat believed could be an NFL starter this season, is right there to take his place. And you've worked with Mason for years. If Najee goes down, there's probably going to be another running back of note, I believe, coming into the fold between now and kickoff. Wide receiver, well, you have a couple of them now. They're both kind of question marks in different ways between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, but there's going to be more. There's no way the Steelers are getting through two rounds of this draft without taking at least one receiver. Tight ends, hey, just wait for year two of Pat Fryermuth. What am I missing? What could be the excuse? What could it be this time that would justify bringing him back for another year? Or for that matter, even having him finish out the coming year. I can't make this point strongly enough. There should be no leash for this particular coach in this setting. All that lack of imagination, all that lack of Awareness of what makes an NFL offense successful versus one at the University of Maryland, that's got to end. That's got to be over like with game one. There's a big part of me that wishes that Brian Flores was actually brought in as an offensive mastermind instead of one on the other side of the ball. Don't get me wrong. It's great having Flores on the staff. It's great that Terrell Austin's going to have all kinds of support. Uh, in whatever form, in his first year as the coordinator here. But I wish that was on the offensive side as well. Who's going to be Canada's support? Who's going to be Canada's potential replacement just sitting around and waiting? Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, usually the QB coach is the guy that you look to, but he doesn't have a background in play calling, and that's really what the coordinator's principal role is. I don't know. I I don't mean to be getting, you know, goofy, animated or weird or whatever in April about the offensive coordinator. Uh, That's generally something that you've got plenty of time to do whenever the games are being played and everyone's all up in arms. But I will say that it's a little bit deflating and I and it might be even more deflating in a couple of weeks with the draft. Talent is added that I really still can't get my hopes up for this offense because I can't bring myself to accept that this coordinator will just magically be 
what, 10 times better than what he was last season? Is that the ratio that you need? Is it 10? I think it might be 10. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q, and today's is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar over on North Shore, right on Federal Street, across from PNC Park. And yes, they're wide open and eager for your business, whether there's baseball and football going on over there or not. More than 80 rotating taps of local craft beer, more than 500 great craft bottles and cans, and more than 350 of those are local. This is our city's preeminent destination for craft beer. Check out Mike's Beer Bar on the North Shore right across from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Doug, who asks, which, if any, of the following players will be with the Steelers next year with a reduced or reworked contract? Doug goes on to list four names, Stefan Tuitt, Joe Hayden, Terrell Edmonds, Zach Banner. Doug, this is not easy. It's not easy. Uh, each one is obviously very different, so I'll tackle them one at a time. Tuitt, I believe, will be in with a much lower pay rate than what he had previously when he was up into eight figures. But I do believe, most importantly, that he'll be back. He's not in the Steelers' offices every day this offseason because he has other plans. Terrell Edmonds is a more difficult one. Uh, It's going to depend, I believe, on what ends up unfolding with Tyran Matthew, whether Matthew gets the money that he's seeking from some other team, whether he comes down to whatever it is that the Steelers are offering but it's sure hard to put him into a, a category where you can say, yeah, he's going to be back. Joe Hayden. Oh, Joe. You know, there's a part of me that would love to see Joe spend the summer learning safety and extending his own outstanding career by an extra few years. But I also can respect and appreciate that Joe went out just now and played corner at a fairly high level. And it's not easy to accept, this goes for any of us in any walk of life, that even though we're doing something really well now, we might not be able to do it as well next year or the year after. Banner, Banner might be the toughest one of all because Banner, in addition to having made a lot of money from the Steelers for playing very little football through no fault of his own. Just saying, that's actually a fact, not anything that anybody can dispute. He really hurt himself along the way by not becoming more versatile. Now, some of that, of course, had to do with his availability and his health. It's tough to say, hey, I want to learn how to play both tackle positions and guard while you're on crutches. But that lack of versatility, I think, is going to keep him from coming back. You don't sign a backup offensive lineman 
who can only play right tackle. That wouldn't make any sense, especially when you saw Joe Haig mature, uh, I felt. Like you saw uh, John Leglue come along and do some good things on the interior. I, I don't believe that there'd be any use for bringing Banner, even if he came back at NFL minimum. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow.